Let us pray. Eternal God, whose word silences the shouts of the mighty, quiet within us every voice but our own. Speak to us through the suffering and death of Jesus Christ, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we may receive grace to show Christ's love in lives given to your service. Amen. The Old Testament reading comes from Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14. Listen for the word of the Lord. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am, open, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from the graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Today's New Testament reading is our lectionary 
reading for today from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. I will be focusing on verses 38 through 45. Listen for the word of the Lord. Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, as I proclaim your word this morning, Use me as your vessel to speak your truth. Be present with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's sermon title is Believe and Live. When Jesus asked the question in verse 40, and I paraphrase, didn't I tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? There was a problem. And what was that problem? The problem was Martha did not believe. She might have believed in Jesus' healing power. That's why the beginning of chapter 11 tells us that Martha and Mary sent a message to Jesus to come because Lazarus was sick. But she did not believe in Jesus, the Son of God, the resurrection, and the life. No, she did not believe. Her sister Mary did not believe. The crowds following Jesus did not believe. Not even Jesus' disciples believed or grasped the truth that Jesus was the Son of God, the resurrection, and the life. But before we get into all of this unbelief, let us set the context in this passage, verses 38 through 45, in the fullness of John chapter 11, verses 1 through 45, which is the story of Lazarus' death and rising. Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, beloved friend of Jesus, was sick and appeared to be lying on his deathbed. 
Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus that he needed to come quickly and save their dear brother. When we know Jesus loved Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, because verse 5 tells us that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. But after hearing the earth urgent message to come due to Lazarus' illness, the text tells us that Jesus stayed two more days in the place where he was. What kind of love is that? I don't know about you, but when I get sick, I want to see the doctor now. Not in two days. I want to see him now. But in this context, we see Jesus has a plan. Yes, Jesus always has the right plan. In the preceding chapters of the Gospel of John, Jesus had performed all kinds of miracles. He turned water into wine. He healed the son of an official. He healed the disabled man by the pool at Bethesda. He fed 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. He walked on water and he made a blind man see. Yet many still did not believe. So let's get back to the unbelief that runs so rapid here in John 11. So after two days, Jesus announced to his disciples it was time to go, and the disciples voiced their safety concerns about traveling to Judea, a place where Jews wanted to stone Jesus. But Jesus' decision was made. It was time to go, and his explanation to his disciples was twofold. In Jewish customs, the day is divided by daylight and darkness. Daylight is the time to be productive. It is the appropriate time to work, and Jesus' time to work on earth was limited. So also the time for the disciples to move from the darkness into the light of Jesus Christ. For Jesus had already identified himself as the light of the world in John chapter 8 verse 12 and also in chapter 9 verse 5. And to live apart from the light of Jesus was to stumble around in darkness. Second. Jesus explained to the disciples that it was time to go because Lazarus had fallen asleep and he had to go and awaken him. But the disciples didn't understand. They figured, hey, if, if Lazarus was asleep, he would, he would be all right. He'd wake up on his own eventually. They did not put the pieces of the puzzle together. The fact that a message was sent for Jesus, the healer, to come to Lazarus, who was ill and had fallen asleep, didn't register to the disciples. So Jesus had to make it plain to them, saying, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. The disciples still did not comprehend the fullness of who Jesus was and his mission on earth as the Son of God, the resurrection, and the life of which Lazarus' death now pointed towards. 
So they made their way. And when Jesus arrived, Lazarus was already buried or placed in a tomb for four days now. This four-day period underscores the, final, the finality of Lazarus' death. According to popular Jewish belief, at the time of, during Jesus' time, the soul hovered over the body in the grave for three days after death, hoping to re-enter the body. But after the third day, when the soul sees that the color of the face has changed, the soul leaves the body for good. Jesus stayed where he was two more days. He traveled two days to get to Lazarus, and Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Lazarus' soul left on the third day, and he was dead when Jesus arrived. I can imagine the scene. Family and friends gathered to comfort Martha and Mary. Sorrowful tears flow as memories are shared and an inharmonious undertone of wondering why Jesus, the healer, did not arrive in time to save his beloved friend Lazarus. Yes, I can imagine Martha getting wind that Jesus was near and rushing out to meet him, bombarding him with all types of questions as to why he didn't come sooner and save Lazarus from death. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Martha said she knew God would give Jesus whatever he asked, and Jesus assured Martha her brother would rise again. Yet Martha's acknowledgement of knowing her brother would rise again based on the resurrection on the last day reflected all that she did not believe or understand about Jesus. Martha, ta Martha takes him wrongly, not associating him personally with the power of raising the dead. Instead, she thinks that he is referring to the resurrection of the dead at the last day. But Jesus replies she misunderstands. He has the power to raise the dead within himself. He is the very source of life. And that extends to eternal life as well. Then Jesus posed a question designed to make Martha think. Do you believe this? In verse 28 and following, Martha went back to tell Mary what Jesus said, and the scene repeats itself. This time with Mary goes to Jesus, and all who came to comfort the sisters followed Mary. Caught up in her sorrow over the loss of her brother and the disappointment in Jesus not arriving to save Lazarus in time, Mary cried, and those so-called supporters cried too. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in his spirit and deeply moved. Greatly disturbed. 
Jesus was greatly disturbed by the presence of the Jews who came with Mary to mourn the loss of Lazarus. Were they there to mourn with and comfort the sisters in their loss? Or were they there as spectators to see what miracle Jesus would perform? Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit and moved to tears from the sin so evident in the world that creates suffering and unbelief. Jesus said, where did you lay him? You, in this sentence, is second, plur second person plural for the greatly disturbed Jesus was speaking not only to Mary, but to the Jews who accompanied her, who have turned to see what was supposed to be a family matter in the death of Lazarus into a public spectacle. Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved by the sin that creates suffering and unbelief among people, even in the presence of God incarnate. It was a moment full of emotions mixed with grief from the loss of a loved one and anger at a private family matter turned public. This scene reminds me of a time not too long ago when a, a close friends of ours lost a family member in the Buffalo, New York mass shooting at a supermarket. Our friend's aunt was well known for her work with civil rights and justice. When our friend returned from the memorial service, we asked how his family was managing and how the memorial service went. And his response was that he was shocked by all the media that was present. He said, we were there to say goodbye to my aunt, but there were so many cameras and lights, it was disgusting. The Lord Jesus, fully God, fully human, greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved, wept. The Jews were gathered. They took notice and said, see how he loved him? While skeptics pondered, if Jesus could make a blind man see, why didn't he keep Lazarus from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take the stone away. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Back then, they did not embalm bodies as we do today. The custom in preparation for burial during Jesus' time was anointing the body with scented oils and wrapping the body with cloths. Hence the reason for Martha's caution in uncovering the tomb four days after Lazarus' death. The smell of his decomposing body would be more than unpleasant. I imagine the onlookers, the Jews, waited with great anticipation to see what happened next. Jesus responded to Martha in her suffering and grief and continued unbelief. Did I not tell you, if you believed, you would see the glory of God? 
Jesus' question reiterates verses 4, 15, 25, and 26. Everything that Jesus did was God's mission for the glory of God so all might believe and see Jesus, the Son of God, the resurrection and the life. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is what Christ wants for us today. So the burning, the burning question this morning is, do you believe this? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. This is the first time in the Gospel of John that Jesus directly addresses God as Father. Jesus' prayer is one of thanksgiving for the relationship with God. What Jesus did here was he demonstrated with consistency the fact that he and the Father are one, always in communication with one another, and directed everyone to see that everything he did was of God, by God's power through him, to glorify God so all might see, believe, and seek life by God through Jesus. When he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said, to them, unbind him, let him go. Today, can you imagine witnessing someone being raised from the dead? The text vividly describes Lazarus with his hands, feet, and face wrapped in burial clothing. For those witnessing this miracle, they were surely filled with shock and awe and surprised at what happened at the command of Jesus' voice. The previously dead Lazarus, alive and walking, a miracle indeed. Jesus tried to tell them throughout the passage. He said to the disciples, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you might believe. Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yet again, Jesus said at the tomb, I did not tell you that if you believed, you would see. I did, I, I did not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God. Jesus prayed, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they might believe you sent me. Lazarus, come out. Time and time again, Jesus tried to tell the world he is the Son of God, the resurrection and the life. How many times have people heard this story and still 
do not believe. Lazarus, come out. So many of us today are blind and cannot see. So many of us today are deaf and cannot hear. Lazarus, come out. Brothers and sisters, God is calling you in a mighty name of Jesus to believe in Jesus, the Son of God, the resurrection, and the life. Jesus is calling you this day to believe and live. Do you believe this?